Kaya FM podcast. The Law Report with Michael Mutsuning Bill on Kaya FM 95.9. in unemployment there's also a rise in homelessness and uh, tonight we're talking about eviction application and the struggle that we as a country have in terms of housing our fellow countrymen so give me a call at 86 and let's talk eviction tonight the law report on kaya fm 95.9 Good evening and welcome to The Law Report. My name is Michael Matoning. Bill, good to be with you this Wednesday evening. All right, so I have quite a, you know, a bit of an interesting show uh, and, and it's interesting on a variety of levels. And the first level is because we're touching on this issue of homelessness and the issue of people needing to be accommodated, particularly in, in your urban areas, Cape Town, Durban, Johannesburg, where accommodation is really, really a big issue because this is a point, these are places where people come to find better opportunities. And as a result, there becomes a very big demand for housing. And for those that are not lucky enough to have jobs or jobs that pay them well enough, they find themselves housed in in circumstances that are not adequate, which then results in a multiplicity of of issues, including the fact that um, they may have to occupy uh, premises unlawfully. And you would have seen our cities particularly Johannesburg, with hijacked buildings, et cetera, et cetera. I needn't tell you um, any of that because it's all plain to see. But that's what we're talking about. But this is not just an issue about hijacked buildings. It's also an issue about the fact that you are an entrepreneur, you are a property owner, you buy a property, you've left your grandmother's property, and you might want to leave it and you're wondering to yourself, how do you then deal with issues of eviction? And I know a lot of you out there also buy houses and auctions. Um, where the auctioneer tells you straight that they don't guarantee vacant occupation. You might have to evict your own um, occupants in that property. So that's what we're talking about, broadly speaking. Um, evictions, we're talking, uh, how do you uh, deal with this issue of evictions? And it's broad because it's all, it's both from a from a personal level where it's micro, but also a broader level where we're talking about mass housing. That's what we're talking about. And I'm joined um, by my guest, Estelo Magakula. He's from MK Attorneys. Uh, Stello, good evening, and thank you very much for, for joining me this evening. Good evening, Michael, and th- thanks for hosting me. And of course, because um, housing is something that the state must provide, uh, pursuant to the Constitution, and it's narrowed down in terms of municipalities, I'm joined by the city of Johannesburg, uh, Kolani Fisla. Kolani, good evening, and thank you very much for joining me on the Law Report. Uh, good evening uh, to you and to the listeners. I mean, when we're talking about, you know, Johannesburg, one of my favorite cities, I think that if it were up to me that we wouldn't be expanding so much to the north, we would be making sure that our cities are, um, you know, we, we enjoy our cities because, you know, pride of, a, a, you know, if you if you travel anywhere in the world, it's, it's the center is their cities, and I think that we're losing that more and more with time. But anyway, that's my own personal sentiment. Let's just talk about the issue of of housing in South Africa, and particularly your municipality as a city of Johannesburg. 
Yes, uh, what I can say is uh, I'm uh, from uh, the JNPD, that's the Johannesburg uh, Metropolitan Police Department, and as enforcement in the city of Joburg, we have a three-pronged approach when it comes to illegal land invasion, or you can say occupation. Uh, the first one deals with uh, court orders and interdicts where an eviction notice is issued by the court. Mm. It's either for municipal, provincial, or private land, and the JMPD is uh, activated to, to assist with the eviction, and that's either through uh, security. And then secondly, it's uh, the constant monitoring of hotspots where we've, re- we've, we've received complaints of illegal land invasion and working within the confines of the law. And in this aspect, we are talking about the Pi Act, which just which does state that uh, you can't demolish an illegally erected structure when it's occupied. So uh, we have to uh, monitor those hotspots and only demolish structures which are not occupied. And then thirdly, it uh, has to come to uh, syndicates who are exploiting members of the public by selling their land in unauthorized areas within the city. And uh, with this, we work closely with other law enforcement agencies like the South African Police Services in exposing, exposing these syndicates and uh, also arresting the leaders. And, and and I mean, when you talk about syndicates, probably something to pause a little bit on, because when when one talks about hijacked buildings, there's often the hijacker um, who then levies rental from 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 unsuspecting would be uh, tenants. And, 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 and that's sort of the the growing issue. It's not sort of it's not very much a situation where it's the people themselves that are just there scot free. They are in fact paying rent to somebody else. Yes. And, 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 yes. and, and, and that seems sort of a difficult problem because how do you know, you know, who's responsible for the syndicate? Do these people operate in groups or is it just isolated? I put entrepreneurs in inverted commas that then take advantage of these vacant or unoccupied buildings. No, that's true. These uh, syndicates, uh, as you are saying, that they are exploiting members of the public because uh, as a person who's looking for a place of residence, you don't know the full process and how this person either acquired the land or the building and all you just want is a a roof for for you to sleep under and you Mm -hmm. get exploited, you pay a certain fee and these people uh, make uh, a huge living out of this and it's uh, extremely illegal. And and how do you, you know, how, how do you control that? Because, I mean, there's, there's, I guess, two parts to it. The first part is you, you stop the process or the illegal occupation through a court order. Mm-hmm. That's the one part and that, that takes some time. But then there's the immediate part where you need to stop the continuing illegality. It's continuing and it's happening every day. So you, here's a building and you walk in and, and Mrs. Sajwayo says, no, I'm paying Abdul. Um, every month, how, how, is there sort of a stratagem on the part of the of, of JMPD to say how do you make sure that Abdul or Sam or whomever is it does not benefit uh, from these 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 people between the time that you get the order and the time that you learn of his existence? I think um, most importantly is the uh, information that we receive from the community because mm. they are the ones who live with the Abduls mm. and they see what's happening. So uh, the information that we receive from them, then we can quickly act. But also, as I said, that we are working with uh, uh, South African police services mm. and through uh, in crime intelligence, then they do find out uh, these people who are exploiting members of the public and they are dealt with. 
and, and maybe let me just um, invite you in here and, and maybe just get sort of often as lawyers we talk about pie and, and not everybody um, understand which kind of pie we're talking about. Maybe from an eviction point of view, when we're talking pie, what are we talking about, Stella? Yes, when we're talking about pie, we're talking about an act uh, which allows the landowners to evict the unlawful occupiers. Mm. Um, and also it provides that the unlawful occupiers should also be provided with alternative accommodation mm. to an extent that they will be rendered homeless. Mm. So that's what PI um, provides. But maybe just to give you a, a background on on how is PI problematic? Yeah. How is the eviction legal framework problematic in South Africa? Mm. And that, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the pre-constitutional dispensation, the court could grant eviction without considering the risk of homelessness to the evict to the evictees or the unlawful occupiers. Sure. So the, the, that was obvious because there was no constitutional right of access to adequate housing, mm. and the property rights were regarded as largely sacrosanct, and they enjoyed protection mm. by the law and from our courts. But now in the new... Which, which is a bit interesting because even even when you read the constitution now, it doesn't seem as if the property rights are less sacrosanct. In fact, yes. in fact, the, the, the debate in, in a completely different discussion around Section 25, yes. around property and land and land ownership, it, even when, when there is a known and clear history on how the land was dispossessed yes. from, from the original owners, yes. it's still very difficult to get it back to them using the, the current laws. And, 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 and it seems to me very much that the rights are the right to property, one's right to property is very much still sacrosanct and very much still protected. Yes, no, that, that, that's true. But in the pre-constitutional dispensation, maybe just to finish that, that, yeah, that, yeah, that, absolutely. that, point, that mm. point, yes, is that the common law and the statutory law protected the landowners more than the unlawful occupiers. Correct. So now the purpose was that in the new constitutional dispensation, we transform our eviction legal framework Mm. that now we balance the interest of the unlawful occupiers as well as the interest of the landowners as opposed to a situation in the pre-constitutional dispensation where there was no recognition or there was no protection for the unlawful occupiers housing right mm. so what the landowners could do or how they could evict and that 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 is why now we have pi before yeah. i come to pi correct there was a, a statute called pisa prevention mm. of illegal squatting act that 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 statute which is interesting right because yeah. what you're saying is the is the old one is prevention of yeah. illegal squatting act yes and now pi means prevention of illegal occupation Mm. Yes. So now so now that statute was repealed by Pi Act. Right. Right. And you could also evict in terms of the common law remedy called the Revendicatio. Yeah. So the statutory remedy and the common law remedy made no provision that people should be provided with alternative accommodation if they are rendered homeless. So this problem was not there. Mm. So now we have Pi in place. 
right? And Pi gives effect to Section 26 of the Constitution, that everyone has right of access to adequate housing. So let's balance it now. Section 25 say you got, it's, it talks about your right to property. Yes. Section 26 talks about the right to adequate housing. Indeed. Yes. Indeed. So now that's where we find ourselves. Because now then the Pi Act as an eviction remedy, mm. it further provides that if now one is evicted, we must also consider their housing rights mm. in terms of Section 26. Mm. But it also says you have a right in terms of Section 25, one of the Constitution, not to have your property right, not to be deprived of your property, in fact, in terms of, in terms mm. of Section 25, one of mm. the Constitution. So now how do we balance mm. these opposed interests? And mm. that's why now the current eviction legal framework seem to be problematic mm. because it now has to involve the municipality as as the organ of state in terms of section four of pi to make provision for alternative accommodation to those unlawful occupiers and that also has to be balanced with the fiscal capabilities of the state and and, and it, 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 it's actually quite interesting because i mean this debate could probably extend beyond the rights of property i mean that's the same issue with the right to education you have a right to education and somebody else has a, an obligation to provide it to you. Mm. So, it, so it's actually quite interesting. But let's talk about the process itself. So we've got this dilemma that you've so articulated so very well, which is on the one hand, you've got the right to property. That's the right for the property owner. Mm. But the occupant has got the right to adequate housing. This is from exactly the same constitution, yes. just the one section after the other. Yes. I now have somebody that is occupying my property. I want to exercise my right and and protect myself from being deprived of the use of my property. Practically speaking, what do I do? How does PI take effect in practice, given that dilemma that you've articulated? Yes. But then you have to then follow PI now if, if, if you bring uh, an eviction application, especially in the residential uh, buildings. Yeah. So, and so I mean, that's very important. Yes. So, what happens if it were commercial? So, it's Kaya FM, um, and we are in a commercial building, um, and we deciding not to move out and not to pay rent. So that would, would Pi yeah. apply? No, Pi is not applicable. So, Pi will not cover you, but you can go for. Uh, a common law right yeah. now using the dilemma that you've painted you you, you you've set out 25 section 25 of the constitution versus section 26 of the constitution is there so that dilemma doesn't apply as regards exactly. commercial exactly it doesn't apply because right. the people who are in that property will not be rendered homeless it's not housing yeah you know so there's no dilemma in terms of making provision. right so the old dispensation then applies the sacrosins of exactly. the property owner exactly yeah yeah exactly. all right now, you were still making another point. I, I, I interrupt you from, point from time to time. Yes. So I was saying, now, if you bring an application in terms of Pi Act, you then have to cite the municipality that has the jurisdiction. Yeah. Sorry. I need to say something. And, yes. and, and this is to you, Afropolitan. This is a, a conversation for you. I know I'm too excited about this conversation and I haven't done <laughs> one important thing. I haven't told you that if you dial... 86 You can talk to any of my guests and they can answer any of your questions that, as it pertains to property. So do take advantage. I, I assure you, you will never get better expertise. Go ahead. Yes. So now when you bring an application in terms of PIAT, 
you then have to sell the municipality that has jurisdiction. Mm. And the purpose of that is for the municipality to then file a report in terms of Section 4 of PI, indicating what it has done or what it intends to do in a case that um, the unlawful occupiers are rendered homeless, Mm. whether the municipality is going to accommodate those unlawful occupiers temporarily Mm -hmm. and and, and what type of accommodation the municipality intends to provide and when is the municipality going to provide such temporary accommodation? Let's let's distinguish between two scenarios because I think this municipality issue sounds a little bit too uh, bloated for for some circumstances. And the circumstances that I want to distinguish is the following. You have illegal occupation where there's a a building that's abandoned and 40 people move into it. And then you've got a, a situation where Michael has got property and leases the property to Masejo and Masejo is paying rent, but at some point Masejo decides to stop paying rent mm. and is now, no, is now, I then say, well, if you're not paying, I'm canceling the agreement. Now her occupation of my little flat becomes unlawful. Mm. Now, this example that you're about to talk about, about the municipality, do I need to involve the municipality about Masejo or does a municipality only get involved if we're talking big numbers? Indeed. Very interesting, Michael. And, that, and, that, and that's why many scholars have argued that the current legal framework mm. or eviction legal framework is skewed in favor of the unlawful occupiers. And it does not allow the landowners mm. to freely and meaningfully enjoy their properties in a sense that even if it's a flat... Mm. And the, the the tenant is now unable to pay rent monthly. Mm. It doesn't mean that you can just simply take stuff of the tenant and throw it away. Mm. Because it's not like before where they'll just find their stuff ex- outside. Exactly. Mm. You still have to get the court order. So we need to talk about that because yes. people still encounter that. I, I want to come back to that point about what the, what, the, what the landlord used to be able to do and how, what do you do in that situation. But you, you were making a point still about, about what, what you would have to do as regards a situation where Masejo doesn't pay rent anymore. Exactly. Mm. And then you still have to follow the procedure in terms of pie. You still have to get the court order. In the new constitutional dispensation, you cannot evict people without the court order. Mm. But you find that in the the inner cities, Mm. uh, some landowners have the tendency of um, sending certain People, red ants, uh, red ants, you know, and then scare people that you should leave this property. Mm. If you don't leave the property, this is what I'm going to do. Mm. That is unlawful. In the in the new constitutional dispensation, you still have to go in terms of pie, get an eviction order. But now, if that person is now alleging homelessness, because what are you going to say to the court if you bring that application? Is that now I'm deprived of fruits? Because if you have the property, you have to enjoy fruits. Mm. And the fruit in this case is the money that you get from the tenants. So now if now you are deprived of fruits because uh, the tenant is refusing to leave the property and Mm. is not paying rent, you have to argue that in court. But the tenant will argue that I'll be rendered homeless. So that is why even... I won't have adequate housing. Exactly. This is my home. I've been staying here yeah. maybe for six, for five years. Yeah. And, and now I'm unemployed. What am I going to do? Yeah. But it doesn't become, it does not become a problem for the landowner. Mm. It becomes 
a baby of the state because the Section 26 right applies vertically, though in certain circumstances applies horizontally. So that's why you still have to involve the municipality. But the municipality is also entitled to make its own investigation and research whether this person is really, uh, 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 will really be rendered homeless or is just an excuse let me take a break i want to take a break and when we get back we're coming back to our conversation talking property law talking evictions we're back after this the law report on kaya fm 95.9 welcome back to the law report with me michael mutoning bill i'm joined uh, in the studio by Sitelo uh, Makakula. He is from MK Attorneys. Um, and he's been helping me understand some of these um, issues that we are traversing. And also, Officer Kolani Fitla, he is with the city of Johannesburg, specifically JMPD. And um, we're just talking about the enforcement around these issues because, I mean, keeping, keeping, upholding the law um, and, um, and, and, and maintaining uh, property rights is a very difficult job, one that is tossed by, um, it falls on the hand. Or the, or the shoulders of the JMPD. But now also joining me is Antato um, Raboshaka. Uh, he's a property uh, a property expert. Antato, good evening, and thank you so much for joining me in the Law Report. Hi, sir. Good evening to you and the listeners. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, we were just sort of balancing the um, uh, the various rights, and um, and I think Sitelo uh, was just articulating the rights of you know the rights of south africans or even people who are in south africa because you don't have to be in south africa their rights but versus the rights of of landowners because we also talking about an issue of creating an environment where entrepreneurs and property developers are incentivized to to build more properties to invest their money in properties maybe just give us a sense of 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 the property market, the, the the concerns of 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 would-be investors and in properties. Yeah, uh, I'm guessing when it comes to the investment part, the elephant in the room is the expropriation of land. Uh, the Section 25. Most people are fearing mm. as to the future, what's going to happen, and uh, unfortunately. It's going to have to be uh, put to uh, to bed. At some point, the state must be very clear: are they expropriating or not? If they are, what are they taking? What are they taking? And as to the property rights of each individual, which is very much important to people who are investing, because as things stand, because we are not really sure the direction that's going to be taken. You have certain people who are uh, uh, political figures throwing terms around like uh, the expropriation should not allow for individual ownership of property. Mm. which then would make people who want to invest to fear and say, what's the point of investing if my property is going to be expropriated? However, on the other side, we also know that there is a great need for expropriation to happen in whatever shape or form uh, the land must be given to certain people. So a great balance must be given. But also uh, there was a property show that was hosted two years ago. I was in attendance as a delegate. And Mm -hmm. we had a former statesman, President Halema Mokante, stating unequivocally that expropriation will not happen under this regime. Literally, he said that to the audience. He said, you guys are just dressing for free. This is a talk shop. I am telling you, I'm giving you the assurance. 
it shall not happen. And people were happy. Uh, it was an audience that was predominantly uh, white, probably breaks so like 10% of it. And it goes to show as to the fears, which directions and the, the, the fears that they take in terms of the South African property market. But from my end, as far as I see it, they need to put this expropriation act and bill to bed and to make sure that we know what we do going forward. The fear is not it actually happened, it's actually the how part. Mm. But I mean, e- e- even then, I mean, uh, I-, I-, I would certainly find it very difficult to comprehend the fear um, that you, that you speak of, because I mean, we've been talking about uh, property expropriations f- literally p- since 1952, and and 25 or 26 years later, there there isn't any kind of serious movement to 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 legitimately worry any person. Development is happening at a large scale, um, uh, and and it seems quite unhindered. In fact, if you look at, you know, sometimes I laugh and I say to somebody, you know, if somebody went to jail 10 years ago, if they were to come out now, they, they wouldn't recognize this city in which we live because just in the last 10 years alone, I've personally observed, you know, Development. I mean, Pretoria used to be far because you needed to go through some bush before you got to Pretoria, and and now the, the, Pretoria and Johannesburg are one one thing. They've come they've come together. So that's just an indication of and 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 not only that within Johannesburg. I mean, there's so much development um, and and hubs, right? Where you're talking Santon, Rosebank, Stain City, Waterfall. And there's a there's a bit of a development that is that is threatening to happen in the East Rand as well. So yeah. I, I I don't know to what extent yeah. there 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 is there uh, is fear. On, yeah, on, I, on, yeah. You sorry about that. I, I I like that you brought into focus uh, Midrand, the waterfall area, which is the bridge mm. between Johannesburg and Pretoria. Mm. So. How it happened is that land is owned by one family, the Maya family. Yep. So uh, as they had that land, the reason for developing it is simply because uh, the government expropriated the land in Baklu, where Megawatt Park as come is situated. And, and as Sunny they were Hill. coming in, mm. yeah. But, but, as they were but I mean, that property, Megawatt Park has been in existence now for... For way longer than waterfall. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And as the state was beginning to make good strides in taking more and more of their land, Mm. they then decided to switch it up and move it to the long term lease because the intention is not necessarily to sell it off. They want to hold on to it. So they turned it into the long term lease for the commercial space, which is where Mall of Africa is, and other surrounding buildings, and also for the residential spaces, which is where there is uh, the waterfall, uh, all of them, the equestrian estate, all the different estates. So the only way they could stop the expropriation was to develop it. That's why they went into development. Besides that, it wouldn't have happened. But I guess I'm not necessarily saying that the people who are fearing this act yeah. are justified to do so. Uh, no, 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 saying no. That Fair enough. From yeah. the talks that we are having with uh, various investors, but most importantly, the landowners, because it's a two-way street. There are landowners now that are selling their plots. If you can just go on private property and property 24, you will see so much plots being listed on a daily basis because they are fearing losing it for free, so they'd rather sell it now. So there are people who are buying it for a bit reasonable price. Then there are those who are saying, 
I'm afraid to invest because I don't know what's going to happen. It's just a matter of uh, you just decide. If you want to risk, risk the rewards may be great. If not, you wait. But chances are you may wait 100 years and even die while fearing this act that may not come into effect. If you've just tuned in, we're talking property law, we're talking evictions. And uh, like Mazri, who's calling from Johannesburg, you can give me a call 86 and ask any question that you have for any of my guests. I'm joined uh, by Kolani Fisha, who's from the JMPD, and Tato Rabushaka, as well as Sitelo Magagula. Mazri, good evening, and thank you so much for calling us. Good evening. Hi. Uh, to all your guests. So, uh, going back to your representative from uh, GMPD, mm. uh, I'm, I've invested in the further south of Khaudia, I should say, or Khaudia area. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of uh, invasion there in relation to mostly the vacant land or large properties, farms in particular. Yes. So, I just want to get some closure in terms of what is the plan and what is the possibility that that can be something that we can fix someday. We have had some events that I've witnessed where there's GMPD, but the policy, they invade the people or evict them. And then um, maybe some few days later, they come back and they pop in some trucks. So all those places are next to our properties. Some of them, you still want to buy another farm because it's cheaper due to same issues, but you just uh, afraid to say you buy and spend a couple of millions and then you wake up one day just over the mountain of your farm there's a seat in our full of shacks yeah. so I just wanted to hear if if there's any light in terms of that um, Kualani Fisha I'm not sure if that's a fair question for you but if, mm. if you can answer it by all means Yes, no, no, it is a, a fair question. Uh, in the city of Johannesburg, we do have a really serious problem when it comes to illegal land invasion. So recently, an anti-land invasion unit was established to deal with uh, illegal land invasion within the city. And this unit is supported and complemented by other directorates within the department. So the process flow of the unit is uh, when illegal land invasion complaints are received by the unit, they will visit the area and assess the extent of the complaint. And then if the illegal invasion is at an infancy stage, that's uh, the demarcations, then uh, our unit will remove any demarcations and chase the people away. Then uh, if the building of structures has already started, either by corrugated iron sheets, or as we see nowadays by bricks and mortar, then these will be broken down. And if the material is reusable, then it will be confiscated. Then uh, where the legal uh, land invasion is at a massive scale, um, where upon structures are being built, an operational plan will be drawn up, and this will involve other stakeholders, including SAPS, and the plan uh, will have to be approved by the chief of police, and the operational plan is targeted and at unoccupied structures, whether they're still in the process of being built or are fully built. And and I think I think why I thought it might not be a fair question is that his question was specific to Walkerville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Walkerville, I'd say it's between... It's, it's, it's in Midvale. The it's in of, Midvale of, municipality. Of, mm. Yeah, between Johannesburg and Midvale. Okay. So uh, it, it becomes a, a, a problem when it comes to jurisdiction. But uh, what I've seen is there's an area near the N1 Hasmia, which falls under Midvale, but it's right at the border with Johannesburg. So if there is any assistance, then the uh, Johannesburg... Uh, 
JMPD Anti-Land Invasion Unit is readily available to assist. So, so what's the process uh, from a concerned resident in that area? What, what does he do? As a concerned resident, so obviously it is reporting when you do see that there are demarcations being built at an infancy stage, then officers will be there to remove those demarcations and they will monitor the area. But once the structures have been occupied, then we have to go through, through the court process where an interdict is issued and eviction is also issued by the court and action has to be taken. So when it comes, when it does come to private land, then, uh, uh, stakeholders like red ants are called in to assist with the demolition of those structures. Let me take another call. Um, Cisse, you calling from Soweto. Good evening and thank you so much for calling. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I recently also, I'm just going to get straight to the story. I bought a house in Orlando, mm-hmm. in Soweto. It was about three years ago. Mm-hmm. And then after purchasing such a house, the previous owner, actually had, uh, a, a, I think it's two tenants that were staying there, but they were not paying rent. They were, they were not paying rent, I think they were cousins of some sort. So I took over the, the property, but now these uh, people refused to move out, and made threats against me, so I could not access the house. So I, took, I then followed the normal procedure, uh, having them, giving them eviction letters, eventually serving them, and then having also the, the municipality got involved, and it was evicted last year in February. Mm. Subsequent to that, they then went back to the property and then they were then arrested for, for trespassing. Now, when we got to, to, to the court, the magistrate says, okay, they should have alternative address, which they did. But then they came back five days later with their lawyer, then the magistrate overturned that ruling and said, no, they can stay in the house. Uh, because they said the matter's in high court, which the matter was never in high court. There was never such a matter that was brought forward. And I even went to the Magistrate Commission to ask for help because the people who have been occupying that place have not served anybody with people from the high court. I'm struggling to get out of the, to get inside the house. So I'm basically lost now because I feel like there's no help that I'm getting in terms of in terms of the law, I have not been protected. I bought a house three years ago. I paid almost eight thousand every single month. I have lost over three hundred thousand paying for property, which I cannot enjoy the food or whatsoever. Mm. So the law is just not on on, on on the people that actually buy the the, the, the property. I don't know what steps to take now and what and what, what to do. So I was wondering if maybe somebody there in the studio is able to to help out in such a matter. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I mean, I, I want you to stay on the line because I'm not sure if, okay. if you know, because I think we need to locate your exact problem. And, and I'm wondering if okay. it's because if you already have a court order, as I understood you to be saying, yes, I do. you don't have a, a question of law or your difficulty does not lie at law. But I mean, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll let uh, 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 I don't know if uh, Stella, you might have yes. questions before you, you, you venture an answer. Yes, Michael, I have the same difficulty. Um, if you have a court order yeah. that says these people must be evicted, why was that? court order not executed by the sheriff and if and if and if it was executed by the sheriff so how did they come back to the property again mm. and and two if you have a court order how can the magistrate court <laughs> change that order for eviction 
on what basis really it was changed that now you must wait for the high court application to be finalized mm. because what normal because what normally happens is that when one brings a, an eviction application maybe it could be a case uh, even here i'm not sure if i understood you correctly when you bring that application before the the, the, the eviction order is granted in the magistrate court the the other party or the occupier can argue and say that they want to challenge ownership and the magistrate court does not have jurisdiction to determine who is the owner or how the property was transferred. It is on those basis that then the magistrate court can then stay the eviction application in the magistrate court pending the determination by the high court who, in terms of who is actually the owner. But if you already have an, an eviction order, how is it, how is it then not executed? Okay. Yeah. And, and maybe just help us because once you've got an order, um, uh, then you you can't get you can't do better than that. It's as it's as good as it gets. Um, so so we're trying to work out what are you what what's what, what's what's stopping you? Because once you got an order, and your order would typically read along the lines that you can get a sheriff, you can get the JMPD, you can get the police to help you give effect to that order. Where where is your stumbling block exactly? Okay, can I interject a bit? Yes, please. Who, who, yes, who's, okay. in, who's speaking? Ntato. Hi, Ntato. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think what the gentleman, uh, the point is being across, uh, that in so into specifically, mm. the rules of engagement are very different. So what we tell our buyers and sellers is that when you're buying in so into, if it's a family home and has a dispute, run away from it. <laughs> You are not ready for the stress that's about to come. He's he's literally done everything that has to be done. He's followed the court. He has the court order. The sheriff came, they moved them. They came back. They were arrested for trespassing. The next thing that's going to happen there, most likely, is that the community are going to take up arms against him from removing a family member that has stayed there for 20 years and they don't know him. So it's like he's throwing them into the streets. Mm. My two cents would be, my brother, sell, cut your losses. It never ends well. Yes, you're, you're, you're right. The sheriff did uh, inject uh, The warrant of injectment was not issued. It was done in the 11th of February. They were evicted. The problem came in when we went to the magistrate uh, in Orlando. Why did you go to the magistrate? No, they, they remember they were arrested after going back uh, to occupy the land. Yeah, yeah. They came with the mob same day. With the mob? They, they came with the mob same day, and then they were arrested because they went to open a criminal case for, for trespassing. And then the magistrate is the one that overruled the the, 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 the order. And they are not to see the the high court, uh, whatever claims that they say they're, they're, they're claiming to the house. When I bought the house, I bought it through Property 24. There was no stories or disputes. I went to the house. There was a, a, quite a number of us who viewed the house. We put in offers. Mine went through. And there were no issues. Now I'm trying to sell the house. I cannot sell the house. Because when the the agent goes to the house, they, they are blocked. They are threatened. So they cannot access the home. Yeah. So I, I could not understand how the magistrate could overrule no. The, the magistrate could overrule that 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 uh, court order, that civil court order, which never made sense to me. How do you do that? And then the magistrate, when I when I went to to her, uh, uh, sort of uh, 
a supervisor so they, she said okay she made a mistake she accused herself from the case she, she recused herself from the case so now I'm stuck uh, the, the senior prosecutor is trying to help but, but this thing has got nothing to do with prosecutors mm. you, 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 you understand yeah. there's, there's the criminal yeah. court about who is trespassing who must go to jail and then there's the court order which is a civil issue which is a property right it has yeah. nothing to do and, and it stands a, a magistrate despite any sort of enthusiasm will not be, be able to reverse a court order that evicts so it, it's irreversible unchangeable unalterable it stands whatever happened to the guys that were trespassing so maybe maybe you know it's 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 i i think i think you 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 sort of have to look at your problem and, and separate your different problems you got a you got a mob and a community problem and um and a trespassing problem and the fact that you you have fears of going to your own property and then you got another property another problem which is actually an opportunity which says you've got a strong legal right to go in there with the with the police with anybody and evict the people that are there but except the difference is the way to counter a mob is that once you in don't get out because if you're going to evict and leave that property open for two days by abuya Let's take a break. When we come back, we continue our chat. The Law Report on Kaya FM 95.9. Welcome back to The Law Report with me, Michael Mutoning. Bill, we continue our talk. We're talking property law. We're talking evictions. And I'm joined in the studio by Stella Magagula. He's from MK Attorneys, as well as Officer Kualani Fisa from the uh, JMPD and also in Tato, uh, Rabo Shaha, who's warning against the buying of family homes. Um, and, I, and, and I'm a little bit uh, I got a mixed opinion when it comes to that because I know that I wasn't happy when my family home was bought. But I'm also um, a lawyer, and and I and I and I think that um, any property should be uh, should be able to realize its commercial value. So it's a bit of a of a sticky one because there's there's the law, but there's also the 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 reality of the ground. Shelley from Johannesburg. Good evening, and thank you for calling. And for Nella, oh, Mamma, wa apply the RCP in ninety six or ninety eight. A Puma, Park, a Timbis, but we sign a water rifle, a rifle. Okay, in Kalung Lula Gulog. Bam Timbis, a food, a Albertine, Bavali, the Magitana, say Albertine, Abavula. But in Kriaki, it was a taller a ARTP. What toy, what toy, and I but if I live to approve. Go to a Masia last year, before my COVID. The Bamiga Zile is ten is ten number. So was was misplaced. So our call with Abu Albertin, Ayofuna is ten number. And the Kunama him him over with the Pumila zone, who call about to Abasala Guzo. And low food. So when Funu was with Angayan Baranjan, Mabasu is cut in the second data, seven or six. So essentially, the problem is that uh, her mother, uh, Shelley's mother, was awarded an RDP house by the state. And the issue now is that when that was happening, they gave, gave her a number, a house number. So this is your house, this is your stand number. Right, but I'm assuming she wasn't taken to to it. She was just given an approval that put her name alongside a stand number. She's lost that stand number, 
and now doesn't know how to get that stand. But that's the one problem. The secondary problem is that very stand, there's rumors that it might have been occupied by, by legal occupants. Yeah, I think her problem or her mother's problem is an issue of corruption. Mm. I mean, how, 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 how that property was given to other people. But I'm not sure if her mother has the legal recourse in terms of evicting whosoever that is now in that property. But then the Pi Act provides that one can evict if they are in charge. So it's, that's what one has to establish whether she is in charge because even if you don't have a title deed yet but the question is are you in charge at least for the purpose of pie that you can remove those people or evict those people and occupy that property I think that what she would have to uh, she would have to prove in court in order to evict but then another thing is she in occupation of that property and it appears she is not Uh, and then the question is is she really been given uh, the right so is this a pie question or is it really a department of housing question it's a department of housing question but if it is established that the house belongs to her and she is in charge yet they and in charge means what in like Practical terms. I mean, because I've never. It, all, all I'm having is that. There is a process, obviously. Would that qualify as in charge? Exactly, you yeah. are. Okay. Except that now you are. That how you get the RDPs. Mm-hmm. You get that you're allocated because the issue of getting title deeds sometimes it's a process mm. that has to take place. People yeah. they get title deeds. Once they are already some, once they are already yes, in yes. occupation, yes, but the fact that you don't have a title deed yet, it doesn't mean that you cannot evict those people in law. Only if you can prove so that, as, as regards RDP houses, because I can imagine in, yeah. in other situations, it might be very difficult to advance that same indeed. argument. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. But it's more like a, a corruption sort of. I mean, yeah. uh, they gave a property to someone else. I don't know how, how that thing works, but I think that's one thing need to be investigated, the issue of corruption. And if she is indeed in charge, whether she can really evict those people. Right. All right. We're taking more of your calls. Number to dial 86 if you have any questions for my guests. And one of the things that maybe um, I just wanted to touch on finally, uh, is, 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 you know, we had a caller that says, I've got this judgment. Who can approach you as JMPD to say, please help me evict these people? What, are, what is the qualification for somebody with a court order to get your help? Or criteria that uh, process is done through the city and uh, what they can also do is uh, they can call the city of Johannesburg group uh, forensic investigation services on uh, 0800-002-587 or they can also visit their offices at 48 Amashoff Street in Brampton uh, they'll get to the, the proper assistance and then the JMPD will be activated and will also uh, assist in uh, uh, executing that uh, court uh, when we're talking about evictions, I mean, for some people, there's a there's a bit of a discouragement in terms of I want to buy this property, and and I think Intato was also mentioning this issue from a, from a, a, another point of view. How long does it generally take to get somebody evicted off a property? When we're talking about the implementation of or the enforcement of pie, how long would that take me as a as a, as a would me would be investor to evict? Um, yeah, Intato, you want to go okay. for it? 
Okay. Uh, yeah, go yeah. for it, mm-hmm. Okay. From our perspective in the real estate industry, on average, it has taken our clients plus minus 24 months. Sometimes it is taking a bit shorter than that, and that's a bit longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends on the, the lawyers that you are using, but most importantly, on your financial might. You have clients who even run out of money during this process called Imalia mm-hmm. So, But plus minus, uh, give yourself two years. So anyone who's buying into such property, you should be able to know that if you want to rent it out, uh, put into uh, systems into place how you're going to pay the bond, the levies, everything. And also, if you're not planning to rent it out, also put systems into place as to uh, the amount that you are going to be paying for rent wherever you'll be staying while you are chasing this process. Because unfortunately, like the previous caller, there are instances where even just getting received of the eviction order and enlisting the services of a sheriff is not enough, especially in our townships. I would like to warn our people, when going into the townships, the rules of engagement are very different. Understand that there is the law and there are processes, but go to the townships, things don't necessarily... But, but I mean, what, what, what can I do? I mean, I'm pretty sure it's not a hopeless case. I'm sure there's, there's good strategies that one can employ to mitigate against the risk that you've so correctly pointed out. So for example, if you're buying a family house, would it help? And I'm not talking about an auction. I'm just talking in the ordinary course. You know, you've got the one brother, the one Malume, who are, for whatever reason, the house is registered in his name and he sells it without telling anybody. Would it help you if you sort of do some kind of due diligence with the neighbors and said, you know, I've just signed this, this deal um, can I buy? Are there other children involved that I might have to check with, um, uh, just so that I'm not in, in difficulty? Because I'm pretty sure I'm just I'm just thinking on my feet. I'm pretty sure yeah. if you've sort of talked to the five, you know, the three immediate neighbors on the one side and the other side, it'd be very difficult for them to come back and 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 you know come back and say, well, you you know. Abu Shabang, we've been living here for 50 years. Uh, we don't want you here. I, I'm just thinking because I, you know, I don't want to. I don't want us to leave a message that says, "Don't go to the township." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, definitely. So, what what you can do with regards to your due diligence, most importantly, find out as to the person who's selling the house, uh, how do they relate to the owner? Sometimes, the parents died. There are four siblings. There's one sibling uh, who has the authority is selling it and the other siblings don't know. Find out that from mm-hmm. the lawyers who are involved. Just may do your research. Also, very importantly, going to the neighbors, speaking to them, finding out what's happening. Also, go to the occupants of the house. And when you go there, uh, people go and when they talk to the occupants, they are not very clear and honest about their intentions. Tell them that I am buying this house. I'm going to live here. Once I've bought it, you guys are moving out. Mm. They will be straightforward with you. We are going nowhere. Then you know that it's not worth it. But if you are an investor, these are people who you are doing it for the money. So there are no emotions involved because... If you go in the eviction road, you find out you are are evicting a widow with five kids. Honestly speaking, I don't want that on my conscience, but there are people who do it because you've bought the house, we are a keeper. But 
you find out those things that do I have the heart for this most importantly also do I have the stamina to chase this process for the next 24 months but most importantly you look at the numbers involved the amount I'm going to pay at the courts, the amounts of, of sleepless nights that I'm going to have, the emotional trauma, all these amounts, are they worth it? If I were to buy a house next door that does not have these issues for 100,000 more, I would rather go for that one. Because, mm, you know, in Afrikaans, they say, good koop is dear koop. So sometimes you buy yeah, exactly. something that looks cheap, but ultimately turns out to be more expensive um your 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 parting words i mean i think that you know um, your your insights on the topic um i I, you know i feel like an hour and i i I haven't felt like this in a long time i feel like an hour wasn't enough to just cover all the issues that need to be covered because this is a sort of complex legal regime indeed now i i concur that uh, you must do your your due diligence before you buy a property and you must also check where you're buying your property not to say people shouldn't go to the township but it's true that uh, such cases they happen mostly in townships where yeah. people they buy properties owned by or the family home or something like 100%, that 100% 100% you do your due diligence and and, and another thing when it comes to the conundrum that we just uh, alluded to uh, in terms of the uh, in terms of the section 26 of our constitution the municipal role or legitimate interest in evictions the section 25 uh, of 251 of the, the constitution because it it involves the municipality i mean the municipality must start now to develop comprehensive policies in terms of how it deals with these people who are evicted and must i think consider the issue of expropriation now in terms of section 93 of the housing act which allows the municipalities in massive evictions to either buy out the property i can imagine a situation where you are evicting 60,000 people mm. and then those people it is unfeasible to relocate them what can the municipality do now buy Indeed. out expropriation and has to consider one of those uh, uh, solutions Indeed, let me thank all my guests, uh, Officer Kolani uh, Fisa, who is uh, with the JMPD, Ntato uh, Raboshaka, as well as uh, in the studio, Sitelo Magagula from MK Attorneys. Thank you very much, uh, gentlemen, and most importantly, thank you to you, the Afropolitan. I'm back again next Wednesday. From me, Michael Motsoning Bill, good evening. The Law Report with Michael Motsoning Bill on Kaya FM 95.9. Kaya FM Podcast. Go to kayafm.co.za for more.